Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Anite Podcast, Season 5, Episode 15. I am your semi-usual host, ProtonStorm, and with me today, I have Kingsey. Hello. Dill. hey yo, And at long last, the prodigal son has returned, Luigi. I'm really liking how every time I come on the podcast now, it's that description to describe, to introduce me because I'm on did, so few. So, did we use that? Uh, did we use that last time too? Was something sure. like that, the promised son or. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't even, I don't even remember. Like it's been, it's been like so long. It feels like a century ago. The last time you were actually on a podcast episode. It's probably like March or February. Jesus. Has it been that long? Oh my gosh. I, I have a hard time. That's crazy. That's six months. That's I know. Nuts. That's lucky. That's like twenty years in this year. <laughs> That's also the last time Requiem wasn't on a pod. Really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I don't know about that, but I mean, it's been around that long. That's for sure. <laughs> but Requiem's not here today, so the um, we've we've replaced someone who is almost always here with someone who is almost never here. So that's kind of our our flavor of the week, if you will. Um, so, but before we get really started on some of the shows that we've been watching, catch up on all of the anime that Luigi's a big fan of, uh, we do have a little bit of housekeeping, right? We've got some new articles that have come out in the past couple of weeks. The first off, um, Kinksy, what do you have to share for us? Well, our very own deal here wrote a incredible article and narrated it on his own back, off his own back and partially by request because I'm lazy. A very good article on ReZero. <laughs> And he, if you are too lazy to read like I am half the time, and you're listening to this, go to the bottom of the article, listen to it. It's great. Yeah, thank yeah, you. And it's a pretty, it's a pretty long form um, essay, you know, really talking about um, Dill's yeah. thoughts on ReZero. And we haven't, we don't get like, you know, we have a lot of like collaborative efforts on Annotate, but it's hard. I think it takes a lot of energy to like produce something that's that like big and long. And so you just don't mm-hmm. see um you know as many of those kind of posts so it was a good yeah i even found myself like reading along to some of the stuff just like even the audio track just made me engage a lot more weirdly i find Mm -hmm. that i engage more to an audio track it's probably why i like the podcast so much you're an auditory learner yes but we also have our really big um article collaboration right and this time and we've got i you know i was sort of like in um, running the collaboration, but the most important part is our boy editor, Luigi. So Luigi, how did you feel about our um, our top anime of summer 2020 article? Uh, it was pretty good. It was a smaller list this year. Uh, the biggest thing about it was that we brought back sequels. So we got some teen romantic comedy snafus and some suffering in ReZero and some shows that... People were probably surprised made it on <clears throat> Misfit at Demon Academy. Um, <laughs> Go to high school. <laughs> Got a high school. Um, but no, it was okay. good. Uh, I'm better now. I just had something in my throat. Um, but no, it was a good article and it was fun to edit as always. They're getting easier to edit as our writers are all becoming better writers, which is always good to see. Um, yeah, so no, it was a good that, time. That, 
that Luigi guy. I mean, his stuff is barely comprehensible at all. I know. I just I have to spend a whole night editing just his part. Stop yeah, I saw you. it. It's Luigi. Red marks everywhere, dude. It's crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah, we also with the new posting um that got shared to Kotaku, but that is um our views are greatly diminished, unfortunately, due to the new um organization of the Kinja Bloggerverse. Or and disorganization. So yeah, seriously, though. Um, so that's too bad. Um, but if you're listening to the podcast, you've not read that article, definitely check it out because that's kind of where we lay out our recommendations for the season. And I think it's actually been like almost five years since the last time we allowed sequels onto the collaboration. So uh, this is... It hasn't, surely it hasn't been that long. Oh, I'm pretty sure it has because uh, I think we took them off in 2015. Wow. Yeah, we've been doing this for over six years now. So, oh god, I'm glad I was here for all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I I wasn't even here for the very first one. I joined for the second one, for what it's worth. I joined. So, I think I joined for the third. Yeah, I think somewhere around that. That sounds about right. Um, but anyways, there's one other article um, that's recently been posted. This one just went up like um, a day or two ago, as of recording this episode. Jill, what is that article? So our boy Aether. Uh, had the corner here with the uh, roundup of anime openings. Uh, pretty cool what he does there, the seasonal anime, uh, like songs, finds them, posts them there. Reminds me when we used to do the uh, anime opening ending of the day, but uh, bottled up there in a nice little article. Yeah, he I always finds the best header. He always finds the best header images for these anime playlist articles. Hell yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah, I used to I remember. I, I'm glad he does this because I actually used to write like articles like this four or five years ago, um, but I've been I don't really do it anymore. And he has a much better grasp on the latest anime music than I do these days. I'll so speak um, of headers. Like I love how for the uh, every collab article we do, uh, Stan just comes in the night before and slaps together a masterpiece. Oh, I know. <laughs> And then slaps I, together a couple of meme meme ones too. I still think the one from a couple of seasons ago with um the, the Princess Bride Pecker in one that hasn't Princess will never see the light of day. Princess Bride, yeah, what nice like Princess Connect. Fuck Princess Bride. <laughs> hey, fuck off. It's it's like two AM here. <laughs> that's all I got, Proton. All right. So that's those are the kind of like the big articles that have been posted around on Annotate lately. Um but so something that I, in our housekeeping efforts, I have successfully, by the way, guys, life update, obtained my Japanese driver's license after speaking, speaking of six months of Luigi being off the podcast. It took me six months to get this shit. So I made, va- I made a vow. I made a vow. I back on the podcast until he got his driver's license. Yeah. We have met our quota of Proton living in Japan this podcast. Yeah, the quota's been reached. Dude, the yeah. D- I gotta say, though, my, my vibe, I just want to put it out there that the um, um, the Japan DMV is worse than whatever DMV is in your country. It's worse than the... It's not as bad as the Japan DMV. I'm just putting that out there right now. It was a terrible, terrible experience. Well, now we that's gotta why hear why. Took, that's why it took six months. Well, I mean, like, okay, the, the really short version of the story is that there's a lot of paperwork that you need to get... Um, they need to get it tra- like get the license transferred from your foreign license, and even even if you have all the paperwork in order, the wait it's they're so backed up right now that the wait is about five months. 
Um, and once the paperwork gets processed, if you are from <clears throat> the United States, then you do not just get your license. You have to take their actual driving exam. And the driving exam, it's not like in the U.S. where it's just like a practical like examination. They're like, okay, you didn't kill anyone. Here's your license. It's more like it's like you have, there is a very specific course that you have to follow. And there's like every single step of the way, there's an ex exact precise procedure that you have to do. And if you don't do it, then they fail you, even if you like drove totally normally. So for example, like you get out of like the curvy section and then you turn on, you have to turn on your turn signal 10 meters beforehand, which is a general safety thing. But then when you're looking, there's a four, a four point check, check to your right, check the bike lane, check to your left, check to your right again, and then you can go. And if you don't do it in that order and you don't do all four of them exactly, you lose at least five points, sometimes 10 points. And you fail the test if you lose 20 or more points. So it's like, it is impossible to pass the test unless you take private lessons. I would um, absolutely fail that lesson because I used to, um, when I learned to drive, I learned to drive in my dad's van, which didn't have a rear win view window. Oh my God. <laughs> so I, I got so used to not checking that mirror. Holy, wait, how do you, is that even safe to not no. have like a rear? <laughs> no, of course it isn't. If it's any consolation, Proton, I failed my US driver's license three times. I oh, failed really? mine twice. So we got every country here represented as far as unsafe driving. Uh, I do have to well, ask you, though. Is, I, how, as, yeah. how does it feel to drive on the correct side of the road? Oh, funny. Uh, I'll have you know, Kingsley, that only former, that Britain, the UK, and former British colonies plus Japan are the only countries in the world that drive hey, on the left. Hey, hey. Shiro said it the best. Just because you're right does not mean you're correct. <laughs> I, I, here's, I'll give you credit. Look, the me the metric system, people who are on the, like the United States is dumb for not going to the metric system. I'll give credit where credit is due. But in terms of driving, I actually think that the UK is in the minority on this shit this time. All right. Like the right side is the more common one. I don't know why Japan decided to join you guys on your evil left side journey, but they're the <laughs> only ones that have done it who were not forced by you to do it. Now you drive on the right side in Korea. It's <laughs> Exactly. Right. Like it's like everywhere, almost everywhere else. It's the right side. So, and I, I, I don't know, but anyways, so I did pass the test. I, I failed, I failed the first time that I took it. Um, and then I took like a lesson and she's like, here's the exact things you have to do every step of the way. And then I passed this time. Um, but the pass rate's like 20% and every other person who took it yesterday with me failed it. So I'm feeling pretty good. I got my driver's license. I can now legally drive the vehicle once again that I purchased in the, living in the countryside. So it's a really big deal um, to have that because otherwise I'm like trapped in my apartment here for all eternity. So that's my life update. So um, is the course, you said it's like a course. Is it like on real roads or is it like Mrs. No. Puff's driving school? From it's, like, it's, it's, it's literally Mrs. Puff's driving school. Like there's no, oh, you're not even yeah. on real roads. Florida? Is, it, doesn't, it doesn't really test over practical ability. The first time I took the test, it was also like usually only one person passes it every day from like these um, license transfers. And the girl who passed it the first time I took it, um, she had taken lessons, which is why she passed. But she was actually like probably the worst driver out of everyone that I saw do the test, which was ironic. Um, but the difference is she had never driven before. She had only taken driving lessons, right? So she was able to pass the test, but she had no practical experience and it showed. Um, you know, she was like, it was like really like jerky driving, like gas brakes, gas brakes, but none of that is like minus points. 
On the flip side, though, I've got all these people. My, I was not the only one. There was another guy, for example, who had failed the test four times, and he's from Peru. He was able to drive in Peru. He, he was in his 40s. He had driven for more than 20 years. He had driven in Peru. He lived in the United States for 10 years, had always driven in the United States, and had driven in Japan when he had the international permit. So he had driven for 20 years in three countries and never had any issues, and he could not for the life of him pass this test. Huh. So anyways, it's, I mean, the thing is ultimately right. Japan is really great public transportation. And quite frankly, they discourage people from getting driver's licenses to a certain extent. I think there's a reason why it's made more difficult here. Um, But there are certain things that aren't taken into consideration, right? Like there are fewer resources allocated to the foreign residents who are taking the test because we take a separate form of the test. And so they're really backed up because they've got a really long wait list for that. So that's unfortunate for me. Um, the other thing is they don't really take into consideration. I have to, I have to go to Sapporo to take the test, even though I live like several hours from Sapporo. So most people, they just take a train for 20 minutes to get to the test center. But for me, it's an extremely expensive and out of the way, like place to get to. So it's, it's very inconvenient for people who are coming from the countryside. So there's like a lot of sort of like systematic, you know, like um, issues that make it really difficult for say a foreign person living in the countryside to do this um and so it was really it was a really like rough time trying to get that sorted out but we're good now that's my horror story from the japan dmv i passed it so uh fuck y'all you know we're good i can drive now and that's my story let's talk about anime though sure moving red line watching yeah Kingsley really wanted to talk about Uzaki-chan. And against my better judgment, I'm going uh, to let him do that. I cannot understand why people dislike this show. This show is wholesome as fuck. It's so adorable. It's so adorable. I love it. The main main couple are great. Well, not couple. They're going to get together, I hope. If not, I'll be very Uh, upset. Oh, you're not not selling me on this right now, (laughs) Kingsley. Oh, my God. They're just... It's just... It reminds me of banter with my friends at college. That's it's that kind of show. What is it? Uh, Uzaki Chan wants to hang out. Is that the one where like everybody's real thirsty for the main girl? Yes. Yeah. Yes. She's got big bazoombas. <laughs> I, I, thought yeah, but her, but... I thought it was her winning personality. I know. No, the fact the second she opens her mouth, you just realize she's a, a bit of a pain in the ass. But that just reminds me of friendships I've had with a lot of people. <laughs> It just what feels kind of like genuine friendship. This feels my like a call out. Like no, it's it's friend. not it's not a terrible show. I'm just not really enjoying it. But I will say, uh, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but the w- episode about like the f- was it the fireworks and it was kind oh of my god that was such period. a good episode. I, I even I was like oh shit it's pretty good like. Normally, I'm kind of half on my phone or playing Animal Crossing or something while I watch this. But this one, I was that episode. I was like, I'll put the phone down. Wait, um, so just, if you don't if you don't like it, why are you still watching it? I'm this far in, <laughs> and it's it's not it's not bad enough for me to drop. It's just like, uh, didn't didn't get the hype going into it. Kind of, it's it's just okay. It's like a yeah. perfect five out of ten. It's like elderly people who have been married. I, for I, th- I, th- I I think that's mean. I think it's 
at least like a strong seven. It's fun. Oh. I, I, you know what? My favorite character in it is the um, the daughter of the cafe. She's just who's shipping them really girl? hard. Yeah, oh, she's real horny so one. Yeah, yeah. She just wants them to get she, together. She is the best character. Yeah. I just didn't. I don't like Uzaki very much either. I find her kind of annoying. Um, I mean, that's maybe kind of the it's point. The, maybe it's the voice actress. It's not, but it's it's not even like endearing, annoying, like uh, like teasing Master Takagi San. She's meant to be annoying, but she's also endearing. I don't really get that from Uzaki, but see, I, yeah, I that's kind find of the way around. There's that very narrow line between endearing, annoying, and annoying, annoying. Boy, if I don't know that a lot, and I, I mean it, it. It is subjective, right? Like ultimately, you know, different people, different strokes for different folks with these things. Um, but mm. well, the thing that surprised me with Uzaki Chan, and I haven't seen it, so like I can't really speak for the show, but it seems like it's become like a culture flame war in the anime community. And quite honestly, I don't, I don't really know why. Like it just seems like okay, I, I know that King C likes it. It just seems kind of like a fairly standard like show like i know i know that the big it seems like the big type like you know like debate centers around the character herself but it's just interesting to me that it's become such a flame war i don't really know why i don't get idea? it it's it's probably my, it's my third favorite show of this season but that's just because this season's a bit sparse sparse yeah i really enjoy it but i'm not gonna go out like screaming on the internet for it yeah well, I don't even know. It seems like maybe I'm maybe I'm misreading the. It's just a it for like me. It is just a a sli- like a slice of life comedy with some romantic undertones, and I find it quite wholesome, and it makes me feel happy. Yeah, and Luigi wants to dash that happiness because he wants <laughs> to be here, right? Of course. <laughs> what about though, um, Luigi? Speaking of things, let's talk about something that makes Luigi happy. You like B stars, right? You just finished that. Yeah, so I just I started B stars last night and finished it uh, this afternoon. Binged the whole thing pretty much, and like in our Anita community, there's been a lot of thoughts on B stars, a lot of positives, <laughs> a lot of negatives, a lot of in between. Who's, who's been negative about B stars? Hmm. I think, yeah. <laughs> I <wonder>. Oh. <laughs> Um, so I, I honestly didn't know what to expect going into it. And much to my dear friend, Dill's chagrin, I thought this show was like really, really good. I'm not gatekeeping it. If you liked it, you liked it. <laughs> I, w- I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did. Um, the CG, cause it's all CG and it's done by the studio yeah. who did Land of the Lustrous. Um, I mm. thought it was going to be jarring and it was for like an episode but then I like I I don't know if I just adjusted to it or whatever. But then, um, like I just started to enjoy it, and the the like the directing is like really really good. Like it's really stylized and not just like a normal slice of life drama. There's like, like cool angles and different art styles, and mm-hmm. uh, the music's fantastic. Um, uh, it if you like, it's basically a soap opera. It's got the same tone and like crazy plot developments that you'd see in like a soap opera like they like fight they like fight the yakuza at one point and like characters Uh die and all this wild stuff happens but if you can like buy into that kind of story 
I think it's definitely worth a watch. And I'm glad I I'm glad I watched it and I get the I get the hype now. Yeah, I watched the first couple of episodes. I couldn't get into it. Um but I know that it's it's one of those it's got a really strong cult following. Uh, and I know that we've had some people on Anate who have been in very aggressive support of it for quite a while now. Um I'm obviously thinking of T Crip because he's the the original the OG adapter of this series, I think, from like way back when i'm not even sure if it was available on netflix in the united states when he was repping it back um, when he was taking private jets to japan yeah uh because I, I actually it was airing weekly in japan and so for the first couple of weeks i watched it but then i just couldn't get into it and so i stopped watching um but i do want to hear from the the opposition why don't why do you not like it though uh well we covered it in the the podcast that we did I just felt like it would have been more enjoyable in its because it was originally a manga, right? I felt like yeah. it, would have, it felt like it would have been more enjoyable in that format. And yeah. I, you know, I get where Luigi's saying that it was jarring at first. He kind of got over it. I couldn't, and you know, not everybody can get over 3D uh, animation. Uh, Dill, I have to ask you, why did you get you couldn't get on this, but could get on Dora Hedera? Well, yeah. So that's the other thing. So. Maybe it's because a lot of those characters were in in uh, Dor- uh, Dorohidoro were like people, you know, mm. like they they had the form of people, whereas like this one was kind of like they're like I'm, I'm the words escaping me. I'm sorry, but like they're animal people. Um, oh, I know the word anthropomorphic. Yeah, yes. Sorry. I didn't want to sound like an idiot, but um, <laughs> it so it already looks unnatural as is. Uh-huh. So like, and then that you know the action of Dorhidoro kind of relied on that 3D animation. But again, people said that it's even more. I mean that even that is a lot better in its source material. It, mm-hmm. You're gonna love or hate 3D animation. It feels like it, very rarely to hear somebody say like, "Oh, I tolerated it." But see, I actually found because they were animals, and like you said, they were unnatural. It was. That might have been why it was easier for me to get into it, because I'm like, so like oh, the opposite, yeah. there's a talk, talking deer walking around. I'm sure, uh-huh. he looks like a PlayStation Two character. Um, <laughs> it's obviously better. better it's yeah, obviously yeah. Better, better than that, but um, you know PS2 what I mean. PS2 yeah. Well, I, I, I sort of get. I get where you're coming from, though, Luigi, because I think that it's easier when there's already like the characters themselves in that sort of like setting and their status as not human, right? Yeah. Already has a sort of sense of not of uh, of not it not being like realistic, right? And so I feel like it's easier to turn that to get to turn the turn the other you know like turn a blind eye to the weird like CG isms when you're already in something that's not really going to be like that realistic in the first place. I do feel that Orange is La- like Land of the Lustrous in terms of like just th- from the CGI perspective, I still feel like that's better because like Beastars is a lot more like intricate. Like there's a lot of, cause it's like a, it's like quote unquote human school stuff. So there's like a lot of hand motions and intricate movements and land of the lustrous is a lot more like bold and um, like there's more sweeping vistas and stuff like that. So I feel like that's easier to translate to CG. So mm-hmm. from a CGI perspective, I enjoyed Land of the Lustrous more. Well, from every perspective, but... Um, from every perspective. B- I, Beastars, Beastars is still really good, I think. Sure. Can I just say real quick, though? 
Yeah. Um, you know, Proton, you asked if I could kind of give a counterpoint to that. Um, mm -hmm. I don't want to, I, I know some commenters have on our podcast have kind of painted it. Like I have like in this like strong hate camp on B stars. Like mm -hmm. I wake up in the morning, like oh, I, I hate B stars, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's, it just wasn't really my thing. I just mm -hmm. decided to say a little bit more about it. See, I think that the issue, right, is that especially in something like a podcast like this, you got to have like the the supporters and the naysayers and the middle and right B stars since ever, since the people right since Luigi is really into it, having the contrast to him being this guy who's like, oh, yeah, I didn't really care for it. It's like it's not like visceral enough, you know, like we got to have like a great battle between two. I have to be the heel. I get it. Yeah. All right, well, I think we're going to get I'm there a little later. I'm often the heel. Yeah. <laughs> but I will, you yeah. know, I, I will give you a chance, Dill. I will give you a chance to speak on a show that you have, in fact, been enjoying. And so you, you finished watching um, Review Starlight really recently, right? Yes. And, and you liked it, right? Tell I me you liked it. I liked okay. it. I loved it. I loved it enough to the point that I might rewatch it very soon. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that one that one was one of the best shows that year for sure. Before was, you talk came... about the good things, I feel like you should talk about you should get the dub out of the way. So, so the, reason, yeah, the, the reason the reason it's not necessarily because it's a good show that I want to rewatch it. Uh it's because the dub is just just dog shit. It's one of the worst <laughs> I've ever heard. Uh I'll I'll go as far as to say like cuz you know there's like bad direction dubs and you're just like okay it's just a bad dub it wasn't well produced yeah this has the production so it's like you can't you can't really pin it on like oh well it had bad direction or it came out in the 90s you know this dub came out when the show came out which correct me if i'm wrong it was only like two or three years ago right yeah i think 2018 yeah, 2018 so i don't know if it was with the casting I'm going to get my dog upset because her old name was uh, a certain name of one of the characters. Like, very clearly, the main character is Karin. But they, like, several times an episode are shouting her name, and it's it's with a, a K instead. I'm not going to say it, actually, because I don't want to get, get my dog <laughs> I hate that her old name used to be that, and... Um, but no, it's like very obnoxious. And like my dog, I heard my dog's tags rattling every time they said her name. Yeah. Once I was like watching certain episodes with headphones on. So do they literally, so they, they romanize her name then, huh? They just go full yeah. Karen with it instead of like yeah. hot in. Yeah. Okay. Like hard K. Yeah. And, um, I, I told Luigi at first, it kind of sounded like, you know, like when you watch your favorite show and they have like the the body swap and then like the voice actors like switch, switch voices. Yeah, like it felt like everybody was supposed to read it, another girl's character. <laughs> like um, Maya Tendo, like she sounds so flat, and like you know she's supposed to be like this this proud you know head of the head of the class kind of deal, uh -huh. and then like. She kind of talks like this. Oh, oh no! no. Oh. <laughs> Did they do, please tell me they, they at least got uh, Nana right? She's whatever. 
I mean, oh. did you like, wait? So, Dill, just to clarify though, you watched the sub version no, at the I end of the day, dub. right? You you only saw the dub, the on, only the dub. You have not right. seen the sub, and I want to watch the sub because Luigi told me the sub's incredible. Okay. Like, it is. I, oh. I, I must say, I am impressed that you. That's that. Maybe that speaks to how good the show is that you were still able to enjoy it in spite of that dub. Oh, I, I, that's the thing. I love the show despite the the dub. Like Brittany Karbowski plays Karen, and like she always brings it. So like she was still very enjoyable, but um, I'm I'm drawing a blank. What's her name? Hikari, the other girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard her at first, and I was because you know like as the show goes on, she's kind of quiet, and you start kind of finding out about her background. Yeah. Talking yeah. to her. Yeah. At at first, I'm like, oh, you know, maybe she doesn't sound that bad. Maybe I maybe I want to hear more of her. And then like as her character starts talking more, I'm like, please shut up. Please stop talking. <laughs> Oh dear, but uh, that's really disappointing. Yeah, you, you've got to okay. If you like the show that much with a bad dub, you've got to see the sub. Because yeah, and, and it's also like it was good. one of the girls, the one with purple hair and glasses, the class rep. She's like the new like. Not, I'm, I don't know if many people here will get this, but like, like she's like the new Mona Marshall. Like anytime there's a like uh, a young boy character, and, and you need the the voice actress to play the young boy. Uh, she'll play them. And then like to the point to where you hear her voice, like a normal girl, you're like, that's the little boy character. <laughs> and that's just kind of Sentai's Mona Marsh. Eh, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, yeah. the show's fantastic. Uh, soundtrack was just completely jarring. And then like the other thing is it wasn't like the, those English voice actresses were singing the songs. So they actually kept the insert songs. Oh, that's, I was just about to ask that. That's good, because something tells me the insert songs would not have gone over very well, given the strength of the dub. Oh, they were, they were, but yes, it was fucking weird to be like, uh, like roommate girl who's jealous to be like, to be with you. And then like switching over like mid thing to like them doing the song. And then you're like, oh no. But then you're like, oh, this song really sounds really cool. Then it goes right back to like, this is girl's fault <laughs> but like it's still like I, like you said to the strength of the show I, I was so impressed by the show this show is yeah, one of my I, top 10 of all time it's really? one, of, it's one yeah. of those shows the yeah. more, it's one of those shows the more you digest it the more you like it I yeah think. it's fantastic because it, it definitely represents passion of a craft and uh, several crafts and then it also has a lot of imagery I don't know. I could talk about it for days. It was. And it, this was the first, This was the directorial debut, I believe, of one of Ikuhara's like right hand dudes. Yeah, and you can like totally see the influence. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Uh, Ikuhara, his it, like this guy was one of his like, I don't know what would you like basically like, like kind of like an understudy. Yeah, yeah, like an understudy or an assistant or something. Who is that? Who is that though? I mean, Ikuhara. Yeah. Really? He's the guy he's the guy that does um like Sarazamai uh, Revolutionary Girl Utena. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I didn't Mawadu no. Penguin Drum. Kinda like really they're kinda like weird stylized shows he does. Okay. Yeah. So I just Review Starlight is such a good take on that just the dark magical girl genre. It's very interesting. Yeah, but also like 
it plays on your expectation because you yes. expect, you expect it to go that direction and then it's really not. No, it has elements of it, but it's a really interesting take. It's just enough to tease you. It reminded me more well, of I Black. Feel like I, I, sometimes I feel like, though, like the dark, magical girl, like, genre, if you will, it like it was really exciting for a while, but now I just sort of feel like at a certain point, I just get a little bit cynical about it. Like, I think that a lot of them do the same thing. And it sometimes it feels like an overly repetitive deconstruction of something that maybe didn't need to get deconstructed that many times to the point of where it's just like, I don't know. Um, I mean, I see your point, I'm Storm, but I'm it. still going to watch every single one that comes out. Yeah, I know. Casey's a big fan, so I'm not, I'm not trying to rag on like the fans of it. <laughs> Uh, and I, and I, and I think that it and I think that it's like a really interesting concept. I just think that you know a lot of, in my opinion, a lot of the ones that have come out in recent years have just been really like really big rehashes of things that have already been done. And so I feel like review Starlight. I guess the reason why I mention this is because it's. I feel like it's unfair to review Starlight to try to say right now and then not to like you know i'm not gonna like oh you got your guys opinion sucks or whatever but like i feel like it does it an injustice to call it like a dark magical girls series because i don't think that's what i don't think that's what the point of it was i don't um, think it was either i was saying and, it played on the expectation and i think and i never had thought of it that way and so i will say that you guys are right that like there are certain like commonalities between it and that genre that probably warrant you know, that sort of like comparison, but I'm also very much, I, I don't think that was the, like the goal of it. And I'm very much glad that that wasn't the goal of it because I'm, I don't think I would have liked it as much if it turned out to be, you know, like some sort of like dark fantasy at it the end of the day. It reminded me a lot of the film Black Swan. Mm. Um, obviously Black Swan was a lot darker because it, it was definitely more of like a character deconstruction. And like this one had more of like, you know, the themes of like friendship and like coming together to do something you're all passionate about. But Mm -hmm. that that psychological angle to something that's ultra competitive, like uh, stage acting. Mm -hmm. So I do want to talk about the one show that I have been mostly keeping up with, except I'm behind by a couple of weeks because Netflix is delayed here. I want to talk. I want to talk about ReZero. Um, Hell yeah! Because Yay. that is like ReZero for me is like has always been like the standout of the isekai genre. It's always been my favorite, and I know that it is a controversial show, mostly because I feel like to a certain extent, anything that gets to the sort of popularity of these type of series just inevitably becomes you know like people are like, well, I don't like it. Why is this so popular? Right. Like even 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 Demon Slayer is like really there's a lot of back and forth. Yeah, but those people suck. <laughs> <laughs> see and this is how it starts this is how it starts too because they're they're just you guys are so like unyielding with each other you know um mm. but like i what i will say though is i'm i'm in the unyielding camp though with ReZero because i really just like truly think that it is the most interesting it's it's got the it's got a good element of like doing its own thing within the genre while also being really masterful at doing the things that the genre is known for at the same time. And I think that it's got, it's so good at both of those things that it makes it really memorable for me. And so when it finally got a second season, I was really excited for it. And I had, I had like for the first couple of weeks, I hadn't gotten around to watching it. Um, And then I finally was like, I want to, I want to 
watch ReZero. And so I checked it out and I watched the first episode was, even though I'd forgotten a bunch of stuff from the first season, I was hooked again, like almost immediately. And it sort of was like a moment for me of like, oh yeah, this is why I like anime. You know, like, Hell was, yeah. They just was, like, was they just like didn't miss a beat with coming no. back this season. No, yeah. Perfect execution. Yeah. And like, you, you know, couldn't even tell it four years later. Right. It's just as good as the first season. It's, you know, they've got all of the, all of the things I liked about the first season are continuing in this one. Um, and I feel like it's the show. It's one of the shows that gets the most regular weekly conversation in the annotate chat, you know, like right. because it's, things happen and it's, you know, significant discussion about it. And so it's I really that, like that decadence every week yeah. and they air yeah. on the same de- day and just every Wednesday, the chat explodes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Proton, it's interesting you say that about, like, it didn't feel like it missed a beat. Um, I recently watched the director's cut of the first season for the first time. And then I went straight into the second season. Uh-huh. And it felt like I, I was just clicking the next episode. Yeah, I, I yeah. rewatched the director's cut before I watched this, and I would agree with that, too. I was like, oh, well, we're just here. Like, it's yeah, just more. No, that's good. I really wanted to watch. The reason I put off watching it for a while was because i was trying to get myself to watch the director's cut first but i just like i don't know i just didn't have the time to go back and rewatch the whole show and it was hitting me i was like if i don't i should just go to the second season or else i'm never going to get around to watching like one of my favorite shows um and so that's why i ended up doing but I did, one of these days i'm going to go back and actually watch the director's cut though one day I, i'm admittedly a little nervous because i love it so much that uh I know you you said you're a few weeks behind, so I'm not going to spoil anything, uh-huh. but uh, it feels like it's starting to juggle maybe a little bit too much. Like, I, like I'm curious, because again, you can't really judge it until the full act is over and you've seen how it's all executed. Yeah. And it has such a good track record right now, like showing how well it can bring things together and execute them, that I don't really have any reason to doubt it. However, with that, however, with that said, the way that like the the current week's episode went, you kind of like. I, obviously, I'm talking to myself when I say this, but like, I'm sitting there like, uh oh, like <laughs> this. Hopefully, this is uh, they they rein it back in here. This makes a little bit more sense because it feels like a little bit too much is going on. Go Have ahead. you watched this week's episode? Yes, that's what I'm referring to. Oh my, oh my! I was sitting bouncing around in my chair. I was enjoying it so much. I love. This. Yeah, it's but not- you 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 we're, and I are we're, probably enjoying different things about that, though. We're talking about like, with all the new yeah. stuff, right? Yeah, new stuff. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So here's the thing. Um, the it, right. So the light. It's based off the light novel, which is a rewritten version of the author's original web novel, right? Like so, like so many Ellen adaptations these days are, um, and. Uh, my understanding, so first off, by the way, the first season covered up to about volume nine of the light novels. Um, and there are 23 volumes out right now. So this second season, there's no way they're going to get even close to catching up, probably. Yeah, my, my friend right has read the web, web novels. He's like always just like sitting watching it with me. And he's always like, keep going. And he just hears me going, yeah. mm! he's laughing right. at my reactions the whole way. No, that's the thing, because my understanding is the web novels got all the way to a sixth arc, and they were, like, in the sixth arc or something like that. Yeah, we're currently in the the fourth arc, aren't we? Yeah, we're in the fourth arc. And the thing is, my understanding is, and we can already see this up to the fourth arc, is that every single arc is longer and engages more things 
than the original than the previous arc like the first arc was actually quite concentrated right like Mm. you have you have four or five significant characters and a very basic interaction right that is ultimately what he and he's trying to resolve this ultimately relatively straightforward puzzle all things considered right and then within each arc each arc is longer than the previous one and also tends to scale up the amount of groups that are involved and right as he gets kind of more and more into the central conflict of the world that he's been dropped into right mm. and i think that the the up until this point um tape nagatsuki has been good at keeping and that that's the author's name he's been good at keeping i think all the threads working sure. and at least according to the fans who have read the web novel they seem to believe that he continues to do so so will that will will our man Dill here ultimately agree with that judgment. Who knows? No, probably. Um, no, I mean that makes that makes me feel a lot better. I think, yeah, but I do think that there is are good odds that the author knows what they're doing and they're sure. not, you know, just gonna like lose control of the story. This and I, I don't mean to I don't mean to imply that they they were going to lose control. I was just it, you like it so much that you're you just don't want to see it fall apart. Yeah. No, absolutely. But, I, that, I'm makes, that makes like, me if, that makes me feel better. Sorry. If Zero went to shit, I would be devastated. <laughs> oh no! Is it? Uh, my friend said it's like only. It's not even halfway through the sanctuary arc yet, like this current story arc. So <laughs> yeah. if if they if I think they're doing this split core, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they are. So we're gonna get to like a probably a stopping point that's gonna leave us in a cliffhanger. Have to wait three months, all in like agony, and then we'll get the rest of the story of this arc. Yeah. No, I was wondering too, because they said it's kind of like the arcs are almost like double the length of the previous one, like every time. Like the first arc was like three episodes and the second arc basically covered the rest of the first core. And then the third arc was a whole core by itself. And so now, now we're getting like, a two core think, story. Yeah, and yeah. now I think this fourth arc is probably just going to straight up be two cores. But that's the thing. you hear, I hear that and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this, The you know, you think that the pacing is slowing down but it's not that the pacing slows down it's that the the breadth of the conflict is exponentially growing right and so i think that, that speaks to the ability of the the author and the quality of the source material that they're able to have a series where it is like every week you know like there's crazy developments and everyone's super on the edge of their seats and you've got this ever expanding sort of um story there's never been an episode where I was like, okay, let's just keep, I guess we're just moving along here. That kind of feels like... No, it's it's ridiculously good. Yeah, pacing's fantastic. It's it's yeah. also it's also wild how, like, so we're in the fourth arc, and this really feels like the first arc where we're getting, like, <clears throat> like genuine world building. Like, in the Royal Selection arc, we got, like, oh, there's going to be a new ruler of the kingdom. Here's four factions. But besides that, it's been, like, so intensely character focused that now we're starting to learn a little more about like how magic works and how this and that works it's so it's like really impressive that we're finally we're only we're seeing the other witches yeah exactly we're finally learning like a little yeah. more of the intricacies of the world and a little subaru is learning a little more about his like his powers and his place in the world now that he's he's not just an outsider he's like mm-hmm. He's he's just a part of ReZero's world. So that's really impressive for the author to prioritize like characterization and these like intimate moments so much that we're like 
almost 40 episodes in and he's like, okay, here's, here's the world now. Nice. And even yeah. then it still feels like here's a little section of this world and it's yeah. still got, there's a taste. It's like one of those, it's just like a box that keeps opening into more boxes. And I know, you know, I know that people, one of the biggest debates around ReZero tends to center around Subaru and whether or not he's garbage, you know? And I know that yeah. people, I feel like they're in those debates. They always happen with characters who have unlikable characteristics, right? And like, I feel like ReZero is one of those shows that does a really good job of having a character like that because I, I, I know that there's some debate about this, but I do think that one of the reasons why people really have a hard time with Subaru sometimes is because I think that he does speak to certain aspects. Like he, he is, a, in my opinion, I think that he is a good, a fundamentally good person, but mm-hmm. I think that he has really his flaws are really put on display sometimes. And I think that they're really human and that that can be really uncomfortable to deal with for a lot of people. Mm. I wrote about that. I mean, you did. Um, that's a, you bring in something there about the human element that I didn't even consider. Um, yeah, I sort of back. I wrote some like some article about it way like several years ago, and I kind of focused on Subaru because I just I, it wasn't even I, you know in retrospect I you know I don't even think it was that great of an article, but yes, that's it something was. That I thought about. I've thought about for a long time with this series, and it's one of the parts that I like about it. Shut your butt! It was a great article. <laughs> like like Subaru, Subaru isn't always a likable character, but he's always you always can empathize with him. He's always he, empathetic. Yeah. He's a well written character. And it's I, not like, I think there's not necessarily like any one moment where he, his problems are cured, right? Because I think that the flaw when you, when you're taught in middle school and high school, that your basic story has, right, the, the introduction, and then you've got the rising action, climax, falling action, resolution, right? Like, that's a very standard sort of plot structure. But I mean, in real life, right, like, there's not a single climax to things. And there's not a point that Subaru is 100% cured of all of his issues, right? Or that, and, and one of the things that a lot of isekai shows fall into is even outside of like characterizations, there's no one point where he just becomes ridiculously overpowered, right? Like he resolves his physical, you know, like limitations. There's, that doesn't necessarily happen, right? Like even as we advance and even as he gets better at things, he still struggles quite a bit, um, and it's not, there's never one point where it's completely changed for forever and he's good from now on. And well, I, I think mean, that's important. It's, it's in the subtitle, starting from zero. Like, it's more than just the line that Rem tells him. Like, and, when he's coming from the world that he's in, he's shut in. He doesn't have any friends. He doesn't have any social skills. doesn't have any relationships. So he's kind of learning that shit on the fly growing up as he's growing up in this fucked up fantasy universe. And it's also really important to note that the episode that is titled From Zero and where Rem says that is like episode 18. So you you could almost view like the whole show up to that as like, we're crawling down to zero. Now we're at rock bottom. Now Subaru can like... Like he could be in cell moment. Yeah, because he's been yeah. so fundamentally like at that point broken and that's after like Beetlejuice or whatever his name is, like licks his eye and stuff. <laughs> like when where he like 
he gets his head chopped off at the match. I'm just spoiling everything because we've all watched it. <laughs> it's, the first, um, it's the first season. It's been yeah, it's been exactly. it's been like five years now. Like I think if you there there are those spoilers probably don't even make any sense to anyone who hasn't seen it yet. Anyways, but yeah, uh, mild spoilers for the first season, folks. Yeah, so the the show is like really like it establishes right off the bat that's like like change like there are changes gradual and Subaru is not going to change overnight. Just like you were saying, like. You're in it. Yeah. We're in it for the long haul, just like Subaru is. Well, and I love, I loved especially that I really do think that a lot of that is deconstructing, you know, the isekai protagonist that we usually have because Subaru gets into this world and it begins, right? Like he's like, yeah, for the record, even from the first couple of episodes, I thought that ReZero was probably like an above average isekai, but it still felt standard in the moment. And I think right part of that is because Subaru's reaction to the world that he gets dropped into is fairly similar to a lot of other isekai protagonists, right? Where he's making, you know, like veiled fourth wall breaking, you know, like references and he's played this game before, blah, 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 blah. And it sort of pushes, the show pushes back on this a little bit even early on because he's not very successful even in this first arc. But it really, as as the seriousness of the conflict that Subaru has gotten himself involved in escalates. So too does the seriousness of kind of the, the fundamental flaws in the way that he is attempting to approach this world, which is, which is really interesting to me because most of the protagonists for these Isekai series are there, the way that they approach going in and being overpowered in an Isekai world, it's never challenged. Right. And it's, they kind of are just kind of power fantasies. It's a world built for them. Right. And and for for better or worse, right? Like people like those shows and there's a reason why they're really popular. For me, I'm not personally too interested in it because I don't think it goes anywhere. Um, but I understand the appeal of it. But I think that ReZero, what I what really made me appreciate it, especially in that first season, is because I think that it really challenges that in a way that most isekai do not. Mic drop. No. <laughs> just let you go on there it's like the difference between like like you know when you play skyrim and nothing happens until you enter the town it's like oh. the difference between getting dropped into a skyrim world and like getting dropped into a world that like doesn't give a shit about you yeah no absolutely but I do want to. I want to give. I want to give a little bit of time to talk about because I know that both Luigi and Dill have, for whatever reason, watched a show from 2012 recently, um, the Pet Girl of Sakura Soul. And you guys, but was it? It's the dub has just come out for this, right? That's why yep. you guys are watching it. They just didn't. Yeah, it's a High Dives doing a weekly dub of it on Fridays. So I haven't oh. seen the third episode that came out today yet, but. It's a oh, fun so time. There are only a couple of episodes in so far. Yeah. Yeah. It just started a couple weeks ago. Okay. If you like the beginning, I think as someone, I, I watched this a long time ago, but if you liked the beginning already, I think this is one of those shows that progressively gets better over oh. time. So I think you will really continue to like it. I might likely. switch to the sub. Like really? The, uh, the dubs, not great. Oh, I didn't, I didn't mind it. I thought it was pretty good. It's got our boy Greg Ayers in the main role. Greg can't carry everything on his back. <laughs> True. Especially when he's not typecast as best friend. No, he's harem king now. I don't know. I just, uh, 
I liked it. Uh, writing is interesting. I, I think it's very uh, well written. Um, it does have me curious. I'm more saying that that like I could probably live with going with the sub if it meant watching it all rather mm-hmm. than waiting. Especially now that I learned that it was from 2012 and not like two seasons ago. Yeah. No. The light the light novels for this series ended like almost 10 years ago, I think. Damn. Um, and I mean, and the author. I mean, this author who wrote this series has gone on written another series that has also been super successful and gotten an anime, right? Because um, Rascal Dreams of Bunny Girl Senpai is Shut the, it's the same author. Shut up. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> no, there's no, there's no, there's no fucking way. <laughs> it's the same author. It's the same author, guys. But now you have to watch it, Dill. Yeah. Oh. So does. <laughs> So you, Kinksy and Proton, you guys have watched this all the way, right? Yeah. No. Does it adapt the whole light novel series? No, no, it does not. <gasps> Shit. Oh, well, it does. But not does it have a good it. ending, or is it like a it, read the read the light novel ending? The adventure oh, continues. It's, yeah. been, it's been so long since I watched it. Oh yeah, um, I guess. Hey. It's been like I, I think I watched it like freshman year of college. Um. And I think it aired in the first season I started watching anime in. It was, I think it's it's not a full adaptation. I think the spot that it ends on is fine. Um, like, it's not the full conclusion, but it is the conclusion of a sort of, like, major arc. Hmm. Um, and so it's not a complete, like, just end in the middle of nowhere, you know, like, re- read the light novel for the conclusion type deal. Um, it's not perfect closure either in my opinion um but it's i i think it's okay it is fine and i would not say that if it was if it had a mediocre ending so i think that it is it was fine um i need to go i don't want to like give a full detailed opinion on it just because i haven't seen it in so long that you know it's like don't don't quote me on this because it's been so long but i remember going like oh i really wish this would get a second season but also not feeling like it just dangled me in the middle of nowhere Right, so, so it's, it's kind of it like the weird. it's kind of like the Bunny Girl anime yes. series ending Actually, without, without it, the movie. Yeah, on, honestly, I think it is. Quite frankly, is that right? It, it reaches the conclusion of a major arc, and so there are some sort of thematic. There is a sort of thematic closure to a certain degree, um, so it's fine. But it is definitely not the end of the series, and so that can be a little bit frustrating. Well. <sighs> It's also 24 episodes, which is strange if you want to compare it to Bunny Girl, which was only 12. Or 13, sorry. But, like, when you tell me that it doesn't ha- it has a fine ending and it's 24 episodes, that doesn't instill a lot of confidence in me. Just because, I don't know, like... I mean, a lot of shows well, did don't you like, get the well, ending let me ask you this, Bill. Did you, like, did you like Bunny Girl? Well, let's put it this way. Bunny Girl was... 13 episodes in a movie that could have been what you'll call three episodes. So that would have been like 16 episodes and they got the full light novel story. in. So I, wait, I, did the movie adapt the full light novel? I didn't realize. Yes. That. Yes, it did. So, well, you know, part of the reason for that is probably that I think the light novels are the series. Hold on. I got to check this now. I think that there are probably fewer novels to adapt with this series because it hasn't been running there's 10 volumes it's still going by the way so it's not over no um so if it did adapt the most recent volume um then well i mean whatever great but it has not the series has not ended 
Um, oh, okay. There's a total of 10 volumes out so far. And of the, um, the Pet Grove Sakura Soul had 13 volumes in total. Huh. So the adaptation is that, but are you sure that that bunny girl, what, what is the arc that the movie adapts? It's the, it's the one when he, it's the time travel one. I think it's, uh, it, I just watched it again. That's uh, girl. Memory serves me right. I it's, think it's, it's Shoko. It's it's it's, it's, it's Shoko. Did it's, it's, wait, did you just say Dreaming Girl, Luigi? Yeah. Okay, that's the that's the sixth volume of the light novels. Hey, I was right. Yeah, because I was going to say like I thought the first season only adapted like four or five volumes. So they actually that, that they, have not, they have not even close to adapted all the materials that are currently out. They've there are ten volumes out right now. Huh. Oh, cool. Hopefully, we'll get another season then. That'd be nice. Yeah, I'd like to see that. So I think, and I, I'd have to see, but I think that if you liked, if you liked, um, Rascal does not green does not dream of Bunny Girl, Senpai, or whatever, then I think that you will ultimately like Sakura So. Now, will you like it as much as Bunny Girl? I don't know. Um, I think that the conclusion of most fans of this author is that Bunny Girl has been like a a better second series for this author. Like the author's writing has improved over time, um, which you know you would hope. Uh, but so because of that, like maybe you might like Bunny Girl better than Sakura So. But I think that I mean this it's the same author, and the author was I think they've always been very good, and so I I liked Sakura So. And I also like Bunny Girl. So, I, I mean, it's it's definitely a, a recommended watch for anyone who does like the Bunny Girl series. Cool. I mean, I, I respect it enough that I will, yeah. All right. So, I think that's good for... I want to move on because we've got limited time here, right? Um, and so, those are some of the anime that we've been watching recently. Uh, a couple that are currently airing. A couple that are more like catch-ups. That's one of the things, especially in a season. I mean, I like, do. Well, there's one I do want to talk about because it, it just came out on Crunchyroll this week. All right, let's hear Kingsy. You got you got Orosuki, another light novel adaption, and the anime itself had like twelve episodes and ended on a really sour note. It, was so it ended up. Say again, sorry, was that Luigi? It was so bad. <laughs> oh God, the this but OVA, the OVA is incredible. It's I've retroactively like the series a lot more because the OVA was so good. Really? Yes, it, it completely wraps up that story arc. It's finally done. But one thing it did uh, is it it could have been perfect as an ender and not done any more anime if it had ended 10 minutes earlier. And it's just so frustrating. I really, really liked where it was going and then it had to pull an Orosuki on me. I wonder if it'll get a second season. I don't know. It, it's still got quite a bit of material to adapt. So I looked it up earlier because I was like, how much of this is left? Because the manga just ended. Really? Yeah. Oh. But the manga adaption just ended, but the light novels are still going. Well, we've got, you know, uh, in terms of like major kind of like rom-com light novel adaptations, there's a really big one that's going to be coming soon. Um, the um, bottom tier character, Tomozaki, is Ooh, getting, yeah. it's getting an anime adaptation. And I think that's going to be like the next one in this vein, right? Of like romantic comedies slash like high school drama type things. 
I read the light novel, like as they come out published in English, it that oh. this has the potential to be as big as like my teen romantic comedy snafu. Yeah, that was the vibe. Huh. I haven't read it personally, but that's the vibe I've gotten to. It's really popular here in Japan. Um, and I think that Matt has been reading the English um, versions too. And yeah, it seems like it's kind of like the next big thing for this genre, if you will. The, fir- the first volume was like good. Second volume was great. And then the third volume, which I think is the most recent one, or at least the most recent I've read, is like page turner fantastic. Yeah, well, the fourth volume apparently just came out in English last month, like a couple of weeks oh, ago. So say, say that. that for you now. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's I know it's it's really big here, um, and you you know it's big when they start selling special editions of the new print releases of the volumes. You know, and they like add a bunch of random extra shit and charge twice as much money, um, which they've been doing for the past couple of volumes of this. So I think it's a it's a big one. And it's going to really take off in the West once it gets an anime adaptation. So that's something to look forward to. I'm not sure when the anime is going to air, though. I think Anyways, it's next year. Next year? Okay. Anyways, want to talk really briefly, get into some news um, just for a little bit here. So, Kingsley, I'll give you a minute. There is, I try to avoid in the news section doing too much of, like, sequel of this anime has been announced. But I I will allow one of those this, this uh, week. Kingsley, what has gotten a sequel announcement? We have got the Anite favorite, uh, The Demon Girl Next Door, getting a second season. Yes! Everyone heard it and just here and was so happy who's I watched thought, it. I thought you were going to say Shield Hero. Shield no, that, 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 I, they already I, announced I that, that one a while ago. They, they got a second and third season announcement. What? Yeah. More yeah, like second, seriously, dead, dead serious. <laughs> they announced both at the same time. It's never going to end. But yeah, uh, Demon Girl Next Door is uh, one of the two series that Luigi recommended me. Was it last year or the year before? It, th- this was last year. Are you talking about yeah, this and Endro? Yeah, this and Endro, uh, which I just put in the same category of cute girls doing cute things, but in and a fantasy like, world. Like shows you wouldn't think would be good, and then you watch them and you're like, oh my god, this is like fantastic. Every episode of Demon, I thought I was like, watched the first episode of Demon Girl Next Door, was not in on it, and then I watched the next two episodes, and it was the best show ever. So good! So I'm so happy about this. I never, I never watched this one, but I know everyone always raves about it and around these parts. I remember the when the announcement came out last week. I like posted it in the chat and tagged Kinksy, and then everyone just like went wild <laughs> for like an hour. For like an hour, we were all just like, "Oh fuck yeah!" Woo! Oh, this is one we're all looking. Well, uh, everyone who hasn't watched it, go watch it. It's great, and even uh, even Gugsy likes it. And if you don't watch it, it doesn't mean you high bar. Yeah, don't make this think you. Yeah, fuck, I fucked it up. (laughs) Luigi, do it for me. Oh, but Gugsy, Gugsy likes Gugsy likes God of High School, right? No, we're not talking about God of High School anymore. Fuck that show. (laughs) He does. How does he like? I I don't know. I go one of these days off to actually talk to him because I'm surprised that he's managed to like. What is because it? all it's because all might's not in it. Tower, yeah, Tower of God and God of High School. Like, to be fair, at least Tower of God had like some slightly original ideas. Yeah, I don't know. I I lived one of the ideas, so. <laughs> oh, we're not doing this again. 
<laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. And now that now that we have totally tangented onto completely unrelated things, um, Luigi, I've heard Hello. that at long last the great secrets of how manga authors make their money have been unveiled. Yes, and not only were they revealed, but they were revealed from possibly the greatest source, um, <laughs> the super. Xeros creator Ryoma Kitada shared a breakdown of his earnings just for fun. Um, some things to note. He said that uh, royalties were the most time efficient and stable form of income, either from uh, like anime adaptations or like just any of his works. Um, he also noted that black and white manga manuscripts from a new artist tend to make around 7,000 yen, which is around 66 US dollars, which is about 13 Canadian dollars. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't think that's right. <laughs> just kidding. Um, so it was pretty interesting just seeing this whole breakdown. He goes really into detail. Um, it's definitely worth a read. Uh, 20% of the money comes from those black and white manuscript commissions, uh, quite a bit from ebooks, physical books. And then he says 17% comes from other activities, which includes like commissions and one-offs and all that kind of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Super Xeros is quite the anime. I haven't read the manga, but the anime is airing, <laughs> right, the anime is airing right now. And it is certainly something. Um, it's like borderline pornographic, right? It's an etchy Sentai. It's like etchy Power Rangers, pretty much. Okay. I've I've seen some like gifts from this show, and it just makes me go, "What the fuck is going on?" It's, it, it's kind of funny because it. I think it kind of knows what it is. Like it's not fully watching this show. Yes. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> Funimation has it. Um, That's you not an excuse to watch you it. Knew, you, you knew the answer to that question before you asked Kinksy. You know what? Because because I'm already an awful person. The, Something that it, this makes me laugh is that uh, one of the several uh, definitely not legal websites I watch anime on has this come up in two versions, and it says the slightly censored version, which makes me crack slightly, up every time I see censored. it. <laughs> yeah, the version Funimation has is quite censored, and like <laughs> it's, it's, it's like distractingly censored. Like they basically like, like they basically have like just... they basically have like clip art over half the screen. Uh-huh. Is, is this just like they've got like three, three things it's like censored quite censored slightly censored mm-hmm. uncensored the fact that you've got the tears to that i think really speaks to the quality of the material uh but anyway <laughs> back, to, back to manga earnings uh-huh. this is pretty cool what did you guys think of it i thought so here's the part that throws me off is it says that manuscripts they get seven thousand yen per manuscript and i'm like that's not very much money, right? Like, is it when they say manuscript, he doesn't clarify. Um, and I'm wondering, like, what it means. Like, is that like a chapter of manga? Because that's like almost a week's worth of work. And, you know, like getting 70 bucks for it. I don't know how that would end up ultimately panning out into 20% of your profit. So I must be misunderstanding it somewhere. Like, maybe it's like, I don't know. I don't know what it could possibly be. Does anyone have any ideas? Nope. This is way out of my element. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, uh, I, I, I could barely do my own taxes and finances. All right. Well, uh, if there's any, if any of you are listening to this episode and you have any idea 
for the manuscript thing. The, the, the Japanese, it, lit- it literally just says Genko, which is like a draft. So it's it's even more vague, if anything. Huh. Um, Unfortunately, my degree in military finances does not apply to uh, Japanese uh, manga money making. Are you sure? Uh, I, mean, I can try. Pretty, the I mean, fandom's pretty. The fandom is pretty militant. <laughs> oh, that was awful. <laughs> Who said it? It's only a joke. <laughs> so, but Dill, um, there is another bit of news. Yes, that is sort of. I guess it's sort of technically. I said we were only going to do one sequel. This sort of, kind of falls into the sequel category. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say that. It's it's a little bit different, so I'll let I'll let it slide. Um, what is the deal? What has happened? There's been an announcement that ov- after over a decade, there is a new Haruhi Suzumiya light novel in the works. But if you read the fine print, it's three stories, and only one of them is new. Oh, so um, how does that? So, did this the series ended right? Right, so it ended in a very shitty fashion. I own. Yeah. I own all of them, and I hate most of them. Um, I, you know, I. Long story short, uh, they stopped after the the last good one. Yeah, um, there's there's like one good one where they're in like a what is it like a snowy mountain or something the, like the, that? The, the one the the one just after uh, disappearance. Yeah, that one's pretty good, and then everything after that is kind of garbage. Poopy. Yeah, it's garbage. Um, you did all the good ones, right? And and even the spinoff is like. Did you ever watch like the little webtoons that they came out with? Like, with all like, where they're all like little chibis? Haruhi Chan, Haruhi Chan, <laughs> whatever the little green hair girl's name was. Um, it's a spinoff story about that actual character because she was like a, a fan favorite. The one in Disappearance of Haruhi, where like she punches Kion for like grabbing um, Yukiro and whatever. She's the um, one who tried to murder him too. In earlier in the series, doesn't he? Or is that a different? No, character? yes, that's that. No, oh, it's a different character. No, you're talking about blue hair girl. I'm talking about green hair yes. girl. Okay, green they hair girl is completely different. normal. No, they don't. She's got anime girl tooth. Like, oh no, really. she got the fang. Yeah, she got the, the little cute, fang. The cute little fang. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a whatever news story. Sounds like just a cash grab. It's got Haruhi's face on it. It'll make money. Uh huh. We're not getting another season. Quit crying for it. You don't want another season. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> That's it. Well, I think that Kyoto, I kind of wonder too if Kyoto Animation is like, this is the end of the good material. We're done with this shit. <laughs> well, you know what? You saw a lot of it. Like after that, there was like little onesie twosie episodes. And some of them aired during the first season and some of them aired in the second season because, you know, it was very all over the place the second season after they did Endless Eight. They kind of threw mm-hmm. a couple of random episodes together. Uh, the one where they're playing on the computer, like the computer game with the, the computer club, like talking about how they got the computer. Yeah. Um, that one is adapted in like the sixth or seventh light novel. Because okay. the, light, the light novels are like three or four short stories put together each time. And sometimes it's like in the disappearances case, it's like four parts. Like, of, like instead of three or four different stories, it's just one story. And what uh, Luigi's referring to, Snowy Mountain Syndrome, is like the whole next book. So, Dill. Yeah. Are you saying this next volume is not going to be good? Uh, what they're about to come out with is not even... It, it's just a rehash of two stories and then a, a, a 
cash grab for fan service. So you're not buying this? I'm not buying it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm especially not buying any Haruhi-related shit now that Doc Kev's got me all mad about the whole story about how he dressed his wife up in cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh God. I can't wait to listen to that one. That clip, when you post that up, made me crack the fuck up. Yeah, that, uh, that's not... He's funny. leading the life we all want to lead. No. So, you know, one thing that is worth noting, though... Um, it's so they're publishing this in English the same day that the Japanese volume comes out, right? Uh, let's see. That's what Wikipedia says as an ebook. They're publishing the ebook. Huh. Books don't count. <laughs> yeah, Yen Press releases new Haruhi Suzumiya novel simultaneously with Japan. That's pretty crazy, actually. Um, and it's, and it, it does, because here's the thing is a print release would have been impossible, right? Like they just wouldn't have been able to, I, Sell it. I just don't think they, yeah, well, yeah, they wouldn't. Right. Um, but the fact that you get like a same day release of a light novel like that, I mean, it's like, a, it's like a simulcast. <laughs> yeah. I could have never, I would never have been able to fathom that. Um, I thought like, I was thinking you were talking about reading this thing and I'm like, ah, oh, this thing is going to take forever to come out in English. And then I looked it up and it's like coming out the same day as the Japanese. And I'm like, what? <laughs> well, it sounds like two of the stories were already written. So yeah, well, but yeah, it's, it's fine. You know, that's, that's newsworthy. The, um, they're simulpubbing a light novel release. The cash grab of Harui Suzumiya. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's fine. He's going to make 15% off that ebook. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, and so the oh, final dear. bit of news to talk about today. Uh, and so first off, I will put a uh, a trigger warning because this is going to talk about um, sexual assault and um, grooming of minors. So if you don't want to hear about that, um, skip to the next section of the podcast. We'll I'll try to keep this short, just a few minutes. Um, but we briefly, we kind of, I feel like we're tangentially talking about God of high school, not for the sake of talking about God of high school, because it relates in some aspect of it relates in some way to another topic. And in this case, the, um, the opening theme of God of high school was sung by an artist called Tyler Carter, and he has been accused of sexual misconduct and it includes grooming minors. Um, so it's pretty fucked up. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised his band immediately fired him, um, which a lot of bands tend to stick together through these sort of allegations, especially when you have the front man, right? Because the front man can really have a lot of power in these groups sometimes. So good on them. Um, and then the other thing is I think Crunchyroll is starting to try to distance themselves from him. Um, but so I'm that surprised was really... they haven't just canned the opening. Yeah, the thing is the opening, like, I didn't even know it was him. Like I had, it's so EDM that it's like, you can barely tell that there's a real person singing most of the time. Mm. Um, but it's weird. So the band um, that he's in <clears throat> issues, I actually saw them live in college. I wasn't going for the, they were opening for an artist that I like. Um, and they, they're like a, they're a metal core punk band. So it's like, there's very like punk he like Tyler Carter is kind of like the punk side of the band. Like they've got someone who's doing like harsh vocals, but they've got really like punk influenced, like, um, like, um, melodies. And then his vocal work is very like, you know, two thousands punk style. Um, and so like some of their songs, some of they had like some interesting stuff, but 
I they were always they were never like that fantastic of a band. It was really weird to see him like perform like for an anime opening that kind of came out I, that came out of nowhere. Um, but you know, I mean, I say good riddance because this is it sounds like the the allegations against him are pretty are pretty fucked up. It is. It's awful. Like I just this uh, happened to a similar band from the UK, obviously not anime related, but. Uh, again, the, the band just dropped the singer and, and he went to prison. It's fucking awful when this stuff happens. Like, can't people just not be pieces of shit? The grooming thing sounds like it's becoming, or maybe more so to say the exposure of it, like for calling people yeah. out and all that canceling them in a good way, uh, is really coming to light with a lot with the music industry, it feels like. Yeah, I think the music industry right is fucked up. I think I think that first off, most people would just get away with this stuff in the past, and for all we know, a lot of them are still getting away with it now. Right. But the other thing too is, I think it's been a very recent development that we that the concept of like sexual grooming versus just general sexual misconduct has started to become like separate. You know, like it's a separate category that we talk about now, and I think it's one of those things where it's less that you know it didn't exist before, and more that we're now just you know identifying the the problem on a more specific level like you were sort of talking about so i think that i think that's it's it's good to bring attention to this because i mean it's it's an extra fucked up form of sexual misconduct right because you're taking advantage of people who have less power who are minors right and um it's it's insidious because it's not, you know, like it's they 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 they're, it's like they train, they psychologically manipulate these people over time for you know their um their sexual desires, and it's just it's really fucked up. And it's still like an it's like an open secret with some uh, music industry people. Like it's pretty well known that like Drake grooms some young Hollywood. I cannot stars. believe he gets away yeah. with this shit. I didn't. I didn't say that because I wasn't. I didn't want to get that wrong. Wasn't it like um. It's Millie Bobby Brown from uh, Stranger Things and Billie Eilish, too. Billie Eilish was the big one I was thinking of. Billie Eilish? I did not realize that. Wow. Well, it's like she on an interview was like, yeah, Drake and I text quite a lot and we hang out sometimes, sometimes alone in his hotel room and that kind of thing. Mm. Oh, yeah. But like, it's Drake, so like, I guess people don't want to do anything or whatever the fuck, but he's bad person they're all bad people they don't want to yeah. cancel him because they like their his music yeah yeah that's such a weird it's a weird situation with those artists too because it's such an open secret i guess like i don't know but that's a dark topic um yeah. I, let's move away from the news a little bit now and kind of end our episode with a segment about our just kind of a general right our our question open topic sort of moment um, so the question of the week that we're going to talk about this time, and this was suggested, thank you very much, by Dill. And it is, what is the most into an anime fandom you've ever been? So in other words, moments where you've been like, not it's not about like your favorite anime, but about like within this community, right? Within that fandom that you've gotten just like really crazy obsessed with that. Um, and I'll so, even so add, Dill's you don't need you at. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I'll even add, you might not even realize you were part of it. Yeah. So, Dill, you have asked the question, so I'm going to pass it off to you first. What's your response? What's your answer to this? I was like five or six years late to it, but I was obsessed with Harui. <laughs> like, no, I, I don't mean to make that joke. I mean, I really was. And then I found out like two years afterwards, 
I might even have been three from when I first watched it and I joined Anate, that that was like a wave of fandom, like in the, like, I guess when it come out, like mid, late 2000s. Yeah, no, Haruhi was, a, I, it was a little bit early for me because um, I wasn't really watching anime at the time, but it sounds like it was just like a crazy phenomenon. Like people were doing the dances and shit and, at all the cons. Yeah. Which anytime you hear about a dance at a con just makes me... Yeah, I think the, I think the I think the Haruhi dance was like the first one of the first like online viral dance crazes like you see like with the Harlem Shake and stuff like that today. Like I think the Haruhi dance was one of the first instances of that, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, gun to my head. If I if you had asked me if I ever did it, I did because oh, no. <laughs> uh, our uh, our contributor Umi asked me if I knew how to do any anime dances, and I did that one. Mm. So that yeah, was anime in- confessions today. Yeah. So that's my confessional. No, but that's, I think that's like, that's a fairly like, I don't want to say tame. Right. But like, it's like a hard. He's popular. You don't have to be like, you know, uh, oh, it, it was embarrassed of your fandom. <laughs> and I know this sounds weird that I'm like bringing this up as the after breath or the afterthought, but like, I, I ran into the same problem with fate. I really love fate, but like, I don't, like that and Haruhi, I don't love them for the same reason that some people uh, love them. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. People might be a little uh, interested in other things. Yeah. With, with that fandom. I know, I know where you're going with that. Only what about time. What about uh, you, Luigi? Do you have any fandoms that you've been really big in that come to mind? Um. Well, I don't think I've been big into any, like from like a forum or like talking to other people's side but like i know when i first watched uh madoka magica not back when it first aired i watched it quite a few years later but Uh when i finished that show i just remember for like weeks like because i was well i'm still in university but i was in university at the time and like (laughs) on the bus or in between classes i would just like be on the wiki like looking up theories or on Reddit, finding theories and <laughs> what happened to this character? What does this mean? What am I missing? And like, I'd even got so far that I like bought a whole bunch of the spinoff manga and oh, like heart or um, Madoka has like eight spinoff series. Like there's an yeah, alternate yeah. universe. There's an alternate universe one. There's uh, a comedy one about Homura in her school life. There's one that stars Joan of Arc because every anime has Joan of Arc. Oh my god, they, <laughs> they so love, fucking true. They, they love Joan of Arc. There's yeah. there's so many, and most of them are. Some of them are meh. Some of the Joan of Arc ones pretty good. Some of them are like they're all worth reading. I think. Um. So there's that one. I was pretty into Evangelion when I watched it when I was like fifteen or sixteen. Um. But that's kind of oh boy, that might have been like peak 15, 16 year. I can only imagine watching that shit when I was fifteen. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, I'm Shinji too. <laughs> go hot topic and get the. I have to go to the hot topic and get the shirt right now. Yeah, pretty much. Um, the and I was I was scrolling through my anime list looking for stuff that I'm still into. Um, I would say I'm still pretty into like the card captor Sakura fandom. Um, mm. I follow a lot of. Uh, safe for work fan artists on Twitter, because that's not a show you lewd. Um, but like just lots of fan artists and I still buy all the manga. They're re-releasing the original manga in like these big, nice hardcover volumes. So I'm buying those as they come out. Um, 
I'll give you my uh, my book of all the cards if you ever oh, have this So I'm still really into card captors. And then there are probably some fandoms I'd still I'd like to be in, but they aren't big enough in the West. Like uh Sound Euphonium always comes to mind. Like Oh yeah. I'd love a figure from that show, but every time I go to a convention uh, and I ask, like, because they're like, oh, is there any show you're looking for? I'm like, Sound Euphonium. They're either like, what no, sorry, yeah. or they're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. Um, you so, say Monogatari? Yeah. Well, duh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, so those were kind of the ones that came to my mind. Yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. No, that's. Um... I feel like I've had those moments too where I've sort of thought about getting really into like um a, like a p- particular anime's fandom but there's usually like the it's either one of two things. So when I was really I really liked Sword Art Online for a while cuz it was like the first anime I watched and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is such an innovative idea." Yeah. Um <laughs> and I still I maintain for the record that the first half of the first season had good ideas and didn't it did not pan out ultimately. Fair. Mom, can you believe this shit? He's trapped in a video game. But what I will say uh, (laughs) is that the reason I didn't get into the fandom with Sword Art Online is because I just there's so many cringy elements with like those really hardcore like fandoms that it just kind of was like a really big turnoff for me. Like I actually um, stalled on watching Sword Art Online for quite a while because I had sort of had it in the back burner for a couple of years. But I had this guy I knew in high school who was like the kind of like stereotypical anime fan, you know, that like you do not want to be associated with kind of guy. And he was like, he'd always be like, Oh, you haven't, if you want to see Sword Art Online, it is an exquisite anime. And it is- Oh boy. Did he take <laughs> his fedora? Exquisite. Oh, oh yes. Yes. Absolutely. He tipped his fedora and flipped his trench coat is, at you. Yeah. It, it was just classic. Right. And so I, I avoided it for a while because of that. Um, so I but I haven't really like and then there are other anime fandoms. Sound Euphonium is one of the closest ones that I've actually sort of sort of been able to engage in because I've been to Kyoto Animation's like headquarters a couple of times and they have that store nearby where they God, sell a ton of stuff. So I've got <laughs> I've got the original I'm so I've got the original like um backup keyframe for the second ending theme scene where they have like the red string of like fate or whatever tied around Kumiko's finger. Um, I remember the day I joined Anite and you guys were like, what are some of your favorite anime? I said, oh, I like Sound Euphonium. And you like came out of the gate hot. You were like, here's a picture <laughs> yeah. of my cell. I was like, oh my God. Dude, I could literally, I it's literally into? like, it's literally like in pencil too. So I could fucking take an eraser and ruin it for forever, which I'm never oh going to do. Oh my God. Um, and so, you know, I've experienced, because the thing is in, by Kyoto Animation's headquarters are where they used all their scenes for the show. So I kind of did a little bit of traveling around this. So I guess like, ironically sound euphonium is probably the closest anime that i've ever gotten into being in like the legit fandom because i've done like you know i've I've visited the places from the anime and i have like the keyframe or whatever um but i feel like the biggest fandom for me more than like anime was probably like world of warcraft and like runescape like the mmos that i played when i was younger because i get like, fucking lose that I love Runescape. Oh, hold on, hold on. I just want to. I, I don't want to hear shit from you, Kingsley. You still play Runescape daily. I know. <laughs> daily. <laughs> yeah, I do. We record podcasts and this fucker's on there. <laughs> hey, I got. I got to get those ninety nines, man. <laughs> Did you get them on mobile? Yes. 
Of course you fucking do, you fucking nerd. You guys ever... Because we're all relatively the same age. We're all in our 20s. Did you guys ever play the online like RPG type game adventure quest. Have you heard of that? Oh, oh, yes. oh yeah. I hacked dude, I ha- I hacked that shit. I had the I was, hacked version. I was adventure Quest. I never I never got that far into Adventure Quest. Was there were there like was there like money involved things like things you had to pay for? Yes, there was. It was like free and then you could pay for a subscription and get like more stuff. Yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I remember like after I didn't get into it for too long because after a few weeks, it was just like the paywall was pretty heavy. You know, like there are games oh, like RuneScape. For it. <laughs> like RuneScape, you can sort of get away with for a very long time not having a membership. Um, you, you could, you could play was, that game for free if you want to. Yeah. Um, but that was not the, so much the case with Adventure Quest. And then World of Warcraft, no. right, you can't you can't even start playing it unless you start paying from the beginning. So, um, and I was a little bit older by the time I started World of Warcraft. I think I was in like sixth grade, and so I had ways to finagle my way into like money for a membership. Um, but that was really big. Like I remember, I'd always try to like I, I wanted to join a guild and have like good friends in World of Warcraft, but I was like too young, right? Like so there's all these adults. And I was in middle school, and so they'd be like, "Oh yeah, let's get on voice." And I'd be like, "Oh no!" <laughs> and I gonna, yeah, yeah. And I, I had a whole like thing in eighth grade. Like I finally got like a friend in real life who would play it, but he was like a big like he was stereotypical middle school kid playing it. And so he joined my guild, joined the voice chat, made everyone hate him, got banned from the guild. And then during <laughs> his time, he's like, he's like, "Oh yeah, like me and Proton storm our BFFs like in real life." And, no, like, so no. then I got I got splash damage from that shit, and I actually quit World of Warcraft for a long time because I was so sad. Um, <laughs> so that that's the closest. I think that's my true like trying to get into the fandom type deal. Um, you, you I know, it's not technically anime, but you know. Well, if you're if you're going that route, I mean, I was terrified to, to be in voice chat. The voice chat, yeah. No, but because I was when I was a voice actor, an amateur voice actor, um, with like Kira Buckland, Sean Chiplock, like those kind of names. Uh-huh. And then like the one rule was like, don't be an annoying fourteen year old. Yeah. And I was both of those. No, All right, what about? But hold on, I got kinksy though because yeah, so you said we sort of tangentially talked about you with runescape stuff but what is yeah. your big fandom fuck okay so um there's the fandoms i've gotten really into like um jojo's and index where i like wiki dive and go all in on them and then there's the fandoms that have cost me shit tons of money <laughs> tight moon uh uh Muv love for example oh my god <laughs> Thanks to the Kickstarter, that cost me quite a bit. And um, the one that's really been a money sink is Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, Those yeah. Car- that cardboard is not fucking cheap. Yeah, like, man. What games, a fucking card nerd. Card games are an infinite money sink. Wow, yeah, Casey. I, how <laughs> you play Yu-Gi-Oh? What a nerd. Prick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We all know that I'm still into stuff from like 20 years ago. I'm surprised I don't have a Tamagotchi at this fucking rate. I bet you. I bet you. I bet you. I bet you like competitively take booster boxes from like old packs and play people with them. Oh no! I just only play with my friends casually. <laughs> but like this thing is like every now and Sweat. again, I just, <laughs> I literally just every now and again, me and my friends be like, let's get our, our, our old cards and we'll just go around someone's house. Obviously, haven't done that much this year, but like it happens like every year or so. We just 
go buy a bunch of new cards and play. By the way, for the one person who thinks that I'm bullying him, him and I play Yu-Gi-Oh! together a lot. <clears throat> What's that? I hear like a shaking noise in your background. Yes. Is that you, Joe? Sorry, that's Yoko. She's getting upset. Oh, oh it's very scratchy. It's been the last like... Yeah, oh, I was dude. like, I thought I thought someone was shaking like maracas. I was like, what the heck's going um, on? Editor, <laughs> cut this out, please. Yeah. I'm sorry, so, I, I have a puppy. But anyways, um, so I do want to wrap up this episode here because we're about an hour and a half in now. Um, so we do have to come to a conclusion. So uh, thank you everyone for joining us on this episode 15 of season five of the NHA podcast. Uh, and I was Proton Storm, and I was joined with uh, Dill Kokoro and Kinksy and the Mama Luigi, as their screen names go. Uh, so thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And definitely stay tuned for our next episode. If you are subscribed to us on any sort of podcasting services, you can check out annotate.org. And we have kind of a list of the um, um, the order of the topics that we talk about in the episode. You can also read and reference many of the news articles and annotate articles that we talked about in this story. If you're coming from annotate, um, I recommend that you subscribe to our podcast on subscription services. We've got it on just all, pretty much all the big ones, right? If you're like Apple Podcasts, you go to Spotify. It's all up on there. So definitely check us out there. Uh, give us five-star ratings, of course, please. <laughs> and uh, and definitely stay tuned for the next episode of the Annotate Podcast. Hopefully we'll be back a couple of weeks after this one. Uh, so thank you for joining. I'll see you guys next time. See you. Bye. Bye.